This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 104. Rest in the Lord. Times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Jesus is coming. Welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric. Glad you could join us for another episode of That's in the Bible. And joining us today, we have Pastor Strobel from Lockport, New York, Pastor Matt Sutton from the Arctic, Alaska, and we usually have Pastor Steve Bear from Buffalo, New York, but he is not with us today, so it's just the three of us today. And um, we're trying out some new audio recording software. We're going to see if how that works. And uh, Lord willing, it's it's going to sound better, perhaps, than, than what we've been doing. And if it doesn't, then, well, this will be the last time we try it. We had Matthew earlier uh, speaking through it sounded like a tin can <laughs> up in the Arctic. and But Matt, you sound better now. Well, thank you. Hopefully this will uh, help everything that I do. <laughs> <laughs> and how's the how's how's the weather in the Arctic? Today it's good. It's seven degrees without wind chill, negative eleven with the wind chill. So it's uh, seven degrees. It was down negative uh, thirty the last week. So, but uh, we want that because we're working on our ice rink. Uh, so hopefully in the next week the ice rink will be ready to uh, skate on. So you want everything to freeze? Oh, yeah. Not not our houses. See, that's but, the... uh, not our machines and everything. But uh, the ice rink would be nice. <laughs> Now, people probably picture Alaska, especially when they hear seven degrees and think there's ice everywhere. Well, I mean, there kind of is, but, uh, you know, we're covered in snow. Even if the forecast, we we don't get a lot of snow really here. We just get about, if if we get a snowstorm, it's about three to four, three to six inches. And that doesn't sound like a lot, which it isn't. But, um, you know, we get uh, seven, eight, nine foot snow drifts, you know, high um, because there's not nothing else to stop all the snow from, you know, there's no plants, there's no bushes, no trees. So it all stops at our houses. <laughs> so snowstorms wow. with just a few inches is, uh, devastating for us. So, which we get a lot, but, but it's good. We haven't had snow for like a week. So we're, we're praising the Lord. We're able to get the rink, uh, going. Amen. And so for those of you listening in other countries, I know that there's a, a variety of different weathers and, you know, depending on where you're at. But Pastor Strobel is also in the northeast of the United States. And uh, we've had a few snowy days, haven't we? We certainly have. And <laughs> enough for me so far. <laughs> <laughs> and getting more from what uh, the weather forecast is here. We're supposed to get some uh, cold and uh, a lot of nor'easter coming through. I remain in denial until it actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. You find you've been here, what, 20, 30 years, however long it's been up in the Northeast? You, sh- you should be used to it by now. I can't get myself to say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'd like to thank uh, everyone for joining in. And if you haven't heard, we do have a new website uh, that's available for you at uh, that'sinthebible.com. 
No punctuation, no apostrophe, just that's in the Bible.com. And on the website, you can fill out a contact form if you'd like to send us a um like an email, there's a microphone symbol in the bottom right-hand corner of the website where you can even leave a three-minute audio message. And um, what else? There's You can send us an email at uh, thatsinthebible.com. No, I said that wrong. You can send us an email at thatsinthebible at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a review, uh, whether that's through, you know, Apple, um, or you can do it right on our webpage as well. So we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to get your input and feedback on what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see more of. And even if you have suggestions for topics and questions that you'd like to have us talk about and have us cover. Amen. We're certainly, certainly willing to do that, and we'll have Matt do the hard ones. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so any questions, he's the, uh, he's the expert. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, Pastor Strobel, how are things in beautiful uh, Lockport, New York? Well, um, been a kind of a uh, sort of a, a difficult few days for some folks. Uh, I've a couple people have passed away. One man from our church, faithful man from our church, I've well, been there. Him and his wife been there for a good number of years, and just passed away uh, yesterday. Um, both he and his wife got COVID. Got started getting sick the day after Christmas, and they both got bad sick. Didn't know it was COVID for a while. Um, his wife made a really a really good recovery <clears throat> after a while, and uh, but he did not. He was in the hospital for about three weeks, and I was in with them uh, yesterday with their family um, when they you know took out the tubes and shut off the machine, and uh, he lasted maybe another forty five minutes. And the good news is that uh, he's in better shape than he's ever been, Amen. and he's Amen. home with the Lord. He had a clear testimony of knowing Jesus as a Savior, Amen. and we're going to see him again. Amen. And then uh, another another guy that I ministered to, he'd, he'd been to our church uh, a number of years ago, but I'd still, uh, you know, helped him out, and uh, and he got got COVID as well. Went into the hospital uh, last. Monday, I believe, a week ago yesterday, and passed away on Friday. Uh, so we're, we're still losing. We're, we also, Brother Steve and myself, uh, recently attended a memorial service, um, celebration of life service for a local pastor, Pastor Hal Roscoe, a Child Eye Bible Baptist Church, one who runs Youth Ablaze. And he passed away in December uh, from covid and uh, they had a, had the services then at the church, and then they did one for all the you know folks that weren't able to get there, as well as church folks. Uh, they did that uh, week. I think that was a week ago Saturday, and it was it was a blessed time. And again, it's when it comes down to funeral time. It man, I mean, I look at I look at those situations, and I I, I just think in in a, in, a, in a weird sense, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I just think, man, I'm, I'm in the right business because yeah. that's what it all comes down to mm -hmm. and preparing for eternity because everybody's got an eternity to, to spend. And when I see, when I'm at services like that or doing services like that, where I know the people are saved, it certainly is a lot, a lot easier to do a lot. And again, this, the word I'm going to use is enjoyable because we don't want, you know, we want our loved ones to stay around for 
to, as long as we do. Amen. But to know they're saved and to have that comfort and peace and the family knowing that, uh, what a blessing that Amen. is. Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, that's for me, and I would hope for most other people, if not everybody else, that's the reason the internet, you know, watching church or getting all your spiritual food from the internet doesn't take the place of a local pastor with a local church. I know when my mom was uh, in hospice and dying, Pastor Strobel came and, and it was a comfort to have, have you there, Pastor Strobel. And um, Matthew was there and, and it just means a lot, you know, even though you know we're Christians and we know our, our final you know, destination is in heaven, it's, it's still hard. You know, going through the loss of, of a loved one. So I would encourage you, if you are listening to this podcast or other video things, that uh, and thank the Lord what we have those things when, you know, we're not able to make it to church for very good reasons. But I would, I would strongly encourage you, if you are not attending a, a local Bible-believing church or a local church that preaches the Bible and has, you know, people to be with you to help support you and a pastor to to be there as well that you you take advantage of that and um, you certainly do that we don't certainly want to say that that's in the bible as any kind of substitute for attending a local church local bible believing church so I encourage you to continue to do that and matthew how about you how are things there yeah doing well we um we've had our um you know funerals as well um I think I had mentioned it last time, um, just a real faithful member of our church. Um, we had a funeral for him and, uh, you know, just as Pastor Trouble said, I mean, you know, when I'm, when I was up there, you know, preaching, you know, being able to talk about his love for the Lord and his love for the Bible and, uh, most of the family and friends, everybody that was there, most of them were all lost. And, uh, so I was able to, you know, preach uh, the salvation message. And so I was just a blessing to, in an honor to be able to do that and be able to say that, you know, more than anything, he wants you to be there with them, you know, when, when they pass away. So it was just, that was a blessing. And it's definitely different, uh, funerals out here, you know, um, a lot of times you have to dig the graves and, and, uh, and bury them also at the same time. And, and, uh, but the nice thing is we do have a front loader here now too. So that, so that helps and, and, uh, backhoe. So especially in the winter time, it definitely helps out a lot, you know, negative 30, negative 40, not being out there for a couple hours. So, so, but, uh, and then we did another double funeral. Um, there, there usually is a Episcopal priestess here, but she moved out about a year ago. So, uh, the only ones really are left is uh, me and um, uh, Brother Serino, the other missionary here. So that's kind of a blessing. They call us and ask us to do the funeral. And so we get an opportunity to be able to minister to them and the family and, and again, preach the gospel as well. So that's been a blessing. And and we just, uh, just last week, we had uh, two young kids, two young boys receive Christ as their Savior. So that was a huge, Man. huge blessing. They're, uh, they're about uh, 10 years old, uh, 9, 10 years old. And, you know, they've come to us. I mean, they've been coming to King's Kids, you know, our kids ministry and also Sunday school for a couple of years now. And uh, just in the past couple months, they've been coming forward and asking us about, you know, getting saved. And, you know, the first couple of times they came, they didn't fully understand, you know, that they were sinners and deserved hell and, and things like that. But uh, this last week, they really got it. And then uh, so they asked the Lord to save them. So that was a 
was a huge blessing. So we got we got a baptismal service coming up at the end of the month, and uh, so we're going to have a couple adults, Lord willing, a teenager, maybe two teenagers, um, and uh, and then a couple, uh, at least two or three kids getting baptized as well. So we're just we're real excited about amen. that. So amen, amen, amen. Sounds good. And today we are looking at episode number one hundred and four, entitled "Rest in the Lord." Anything else before we get started with today's study? And I take that as no. <laughs> so, so here we go. Amen. Let's go ahead. We'll begin uh, with a word of prayer. Father, I am thankful, Lord, that uh, any time, any place, Lord, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, every day of the year, every day of our lives, we can come to the throne of grace, Lord, in Jesus' name. And and I do that even now. Ask your blessing upon this uh, podcast and the message to come. I pray you'd help me to be able to deliver it uh, in such a manner that it would help, uh, Lord, uh, people to understand you and understand what is available through you, and that you would, uh, through that, be able to give to them whatever it is that they need. Uh, at this time or something they will need in the future uh, regarding these things. And I'm not capable of doing this without you, Lord. You said without me, you can do nothing. And I look to you and lean on you and ask for your blessing upon our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in a restless world. I mean, this world is filled with restlessness. And uh, the individuals in it are filled with restlessness. Many people find themselves restless, whether they're saved or lost. Uh, I've, I've certainly find a lot of uh, lost people restless in our times. And, and yet uh, Christians as well can be restless and, and anxious and, and uptight and, and, and on edge. And uh, really a person uh, will remain restless until they learn to rest in the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, rest in the Lord. I'm going to start by reading a passage from Psalm 37. And Psalm 37 is a psalm of David. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number one, which says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Uh, let me just stop right there. Fretting, to fret. You get worried and uptight about things. That's already a sign of restlessness. <clears throat> fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they, so, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. All right, don't do that. Don't be envious. Don't fret. Instead, do this, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. <clears throat> and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. And here's our text, rest in the Lord. That's the beginning of Psalm 37, verse number 7. The entirety of it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Sometimes we are restless because we're impatient. Sometimes we're restless because we see uh, somebody else uh, doing things the wrong way and seeming seeming like they're getting ahead. 
and and we think well why do we why should we even bother trying to do right and fighting all this uh, stuff that we have to fight down here spiritually speaking but the uh, lord says rest in the lord and wait patiently for him and those two things go hand in hand i'll be emphasizing that first thought about resting in the lord and, and we're going to look at uh, the subject of rest ultimately leading to rest in the lord but let me finish off with a couple more verses here or, the la- or three more verses from psalm 37 i'll start with verse 7 again Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place and it shall not be. God's people trying to fight the good fight of faith up against all the uh, spiritual uh, warfare that's uh, being engaged today, uh, coming on uh, many different levels through people, through oppression, even when people aren't around, just all kinds of uh, different ways. And and of course, the lost people being subject to this as well. But God's people knowing, if they will pay attention to the scriptures, knowing that we're only biding our time down here. We are down here pilgrims, we are strangers. We are sojourners. Uh, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And if you can hang in there and trust in the Lord and rest in him, uh, one of these days, this old world that's driving you mad, uh, the Lord's going to snatch you out of it. The trumpet's going to sound. He's going to bring you on home to glory. And uh, I think of even people uh, after the rapture, God's people uh, that are looking to him down here, Israel, the the remnant that gets saved, and others that get saved of the Gentiles during the tribulation time, will be reading the Bible, reading this psalm, and and how appropriate appropriate it will be for them during that tribulation time with the Antichrist, that wicked one, the wicked, uh, reigning and ruling, and and as we think wickedness is running rampant now, uh, I got to... I got a feeling in comparison what's going to happen if I understand the scriptures correctly in tribulation time. We ain't seen nothing yet. And during that time, as they read this, for yet a little while and the wicked shall not be. And and they're because they're waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back. Do you realize during that tribulation time, the prayer that is uh, often mindlessly repeated by many in a uh, liturgical <coughs> worship service, um, the Our Father, uh, that prayer is a, a pattern of prayer, but it's also something that uh, our people are going to be praying and, and understanding it during that tribulation time. And when they say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, they're praying for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back at the second advent, set up his kingdom upon this earth, and take over and bring uh, peace to this world, which he'll do. And so in the tribulation time, this will be, I think, especially poignant to those that read it, that understand it. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. The Antichrist will be taken and snatched out and subdued, uh, thrown into that uh, lake of fire. Uh, the Lord will come back, and the wicked who are ruling on this earth, the wicked people, they will be subdued. He'll separate the sheep from the goats, and uh, the sheep going to enter into his kingdom, and the goats going to be cast out into outer darkness at the judgment of the nations, Matthew chapter 25. So I say all that to say, 
it gets frustrating sometimes to look at uh, how wickedness runs rampant upon this earth and uh, immorality is, is being uh, legislated more and more and accepted more and more. And, and we look at how far we've come in the wrong direction. But just hang in there, folks. Rest in the Lord. God's in control. He told you this was going to happen. He said, evil men and seducers so wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So just hang in there. Bide your time. Rest in the Lord. Because even though this world is restless, you don't have to be. But there are things in this world that can rob you of your rest. And so let me say, first of all, uh, sin can rob you of your rest. Sin robs you of your rest. Uh, If you're in Psalm 37, uh, look over at the next Psalm, Psalm 38. And here we read in Psalm 38, verse number 3, There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. Uh, Sin is a rest robber. It'll rob you of your rest. It'll rob you of your uh, peace. It'll steal your joy. Uh, It is a thief. And yet people are taken in by it uh, time and again because they just go after that instantaneous satisfaction instead of taking the long look. And if you're a Christian that's fallen into sin or even somebody that's never been saved and and you keep falling prey to this besetting sin in your life, maybe you have an addiction, uh, you know that uh, there comes a point when, when that thing is just repulsive to you. And sooner or later, it gets to be that way. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. It's, it becomes disgusting to him. And a child of God, you know, as that's been through the process of sinning against the Lord and getting right again, and sinning and getting right again, and then sinning and getting right again, you know, up and down, up and down. But after you've been through that process a few times, you, you take the long look, and you know, if you just look ahead, you know that after you've committed that sin, the temporary satisfaction is not going to satisfy you for long. And when you're, when you're finished with it, you're going to wish you'd never done it. So instead of falling prey to that sin that's going to rob you of your rest and peace, why not take the long look and realize, you know what, this didn't never worked out well in the past, and it's not going to work out well now. Uh, God tells you in the epistle of 1 John, uh, he says, These things write I unto you that ye sin not. The Lord trying to get you to stay away from sin because sin is no good for you. And it robs you of your rest. And the psalmist said, neither is there any rest in my bones. Why? Because of my sin. And your sin will rob you of, of your rest. It'll rob you of blessings. Jeremiah 5 verse 25 says, your iniquities have turned away these things and your sins have withholden good things from you. You rob yourself of blessings when you commit sin. And you, you rob yourself of the rest that you could have in the Lord. Isaiah 57, uh, verses 20 and 21 add to this thought. He says there, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. That's this world. That's a a person that's um, always, uh, you know, has has one eye, you know, open toward their sin. uh, That has um, in the back of their mind that uh, planning and looking forward to the opportunity where they're going to go ahead and just uh, get into sin. That's that's them. They're, They're like the troubled sea when it cannot rest whose waters cast up mire and dirt. He says that's what the wicked are like. Let me get you 20 and 21 together. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. So sin, it robs you of your rest. And if you're wondering why you are so restless and and you have no peace in your heart, uh, do a little self-examination and see if there's any sin uh, present. 
because if it is, uh, then there really isn't any mystery as to why you cannot rest in your soul and in your spirit. Now, there's other things that can cause you to uh, lose out on your rest. Not only can sin rob you of your rest, suffering can rob you of your rest. Um, We can't always control whether or not we're suffering. And sometimes it just happens. You know, uh, you think about Job. In the book of Job, Job went through some suffering. And, um, well, he he had no choice in the matter. It, It just, it happened. The Lord uh, counseled, uh, had a little counsel together with the sons of God present, and Satan was uh, also among them. And as he, as they went through that thing, uh, the Lord brings up the name of Job, and he says to the devil, he says, "Hast thou considered my servant Job? He's a perfect, an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil." And uh, the devil just starts right in. Well, yeah, sure he is. You put a hedge about him, and and they went through that thing. And before before it was all said and done, uh, the Lord allowed the leash of our adversary, the devil that, that walked about as a roaring lion. He allowed that leash to be undone to to a point, uh, always stopping him at a certain point. But because he let the devil loose on him, uh, Job went through some suffering. He went through spiritual suffering. He went through suffering of a soul. He went through suffering of the body. I mean, uh, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, he faced it. And it can rob you of your rest. Here's Job in Job 30, uh, beginning in verse 15. Terrors are turned upon me. They pursue my soul as the wind, and my welfare passeth away as a cloud. Now, Job, prior to uh, the persecution he faced from uh, the adversary, I mean, he was the great, greatest man in all the East. And he was, he was wealthy, and he also was right with God. That's a nice combination, isn't it? <laughs> But he says, terrors are turned upon me. They pursue my soul as the wind, and my welfare passeth away as a cloud. And now my soul is poured out upon me. The days of affliction have taken hold upon me. My bones are pierced in me in the night season, and my sinews take no rest. He's got no rest in his bones. Why? Because of suffering. Because of suffering. There's all kinds of people suffering down here on this earth. Good people. uh, Wicked people. Uh, suffering, it just is something that happens down here on this earth. If you're saved, it doesn't mean you're never going to suffer. Matter of fact, if you're saved and you try to live for the Lord, the Lord tells you, you will suffer. He says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So there is, there is suffering and suffering come in a, a number of different forms. And there's a lot of physical sufferings and we've seen that. And, you know, I, I, I saw it uh, yesterday as we watched our uh, church member uh, pass away in, into heaven. Um, but uh, he's gone through a lot of suffering, but uh, he's not suffering now. But uh, down here in this earth, there is suffering and, and that can rob you of your rest. And what I want to say to you is that our God is so big that even in times of suffering, you can find rest to your soul. Job found, uh, he said, uh, no rest in his bones, my, my, in, in his muscles, in his body. My bones are pierced in me in the night season and my sinews take no rest. Physically, he had no rest. But you know what? He, he would eventually get, uh, he'd get rest in his spirit. And, uh, and then the Lord, uh, you know, he'd give him, he'd turn away his captivity at the end. But, but even in suffering, you can have rest in the Lord and you should. There, there's no circumstance on this earth that ought to rob you of your rest. Of course, if you allow sin in, that'll rob you of your rest. Um, and, and suffering when it comes can rob you of your rest, but it doesn't have to rob you of your rest. 
along the same lines, um, sorrow can rob you of your rest. Sorrow. Now, while suffering can certainly bring about uh, sorrow, uh, not all, not all uh, sorrow is because of suffering. And so it can happen with or without suffering. There's other things that can, can bring about sorrow. I mean, difficulty. It can be, a, be a, a, a suffering that's not physical that can, can bring about sorrow. Uh, Jeremiah 45 and verse number three, he says, Thou didst say, Woe is me now, for the Lord hath added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing, and I find no rest. There are some people that uh, just they, they, they just get discouraged, um, depressed, or maybe something happens, you know, that is rough uh, in their lives and, and difficult to handle, and and they got to face it, and, and it can make it can bring sorrow. Maybe it is physical suffering, folks battling um, a disease, battling cancer, uh, all kinds of other different diseases that they might face, things like ailments on this earth that uh, the body goes through. But sorrow can rob a person of their rest. It can swallow up that uh, rest. And Jeremiah said he, he found no rest. But just, just as it is with suffering, I want you to know that in times of sorrow, God can uh, turn your mourning into dancing. God can turn your grief into joy. God can give you rest in your sorrow. And and there's no circumstance, I repeat, that has to rob you of your sorrow. And, uh, you it, you know, when, when you go through hard times, you really do make the choice as to whether or not you're going to rest in the Lord. You take um, physical ailments, you take circumstantial sorrows, we can, in each of those situations, probably probably just about everybody listening to this can think of two different people that went through the same sort of a thing. And I have observed a lot of times two different people go through the same sort of suffering and, and, and just saw a complete opposite way of handling it. I can think of a couple people right now that I've uh, been ministering to. Both of them are going through the same exact thing, and one in that, and, and I mean, I mean, difficult things. And one of those people in that circumstance uh, displayed an, just the amazing peace of God, which passes all understanding, the comfort of the Holy Ghost, just the Lord all over the situation. The other person, who also a professing Christian, is just at their wit's end. Um, and, and nothing wrong with weeping, but but often breaking into tears, and, and that's and that's understandable. And I'm not criticizing them for it. it. It happens, but but almost to despair, and and that's what's sad about it is because there is hope in the Lord. But if you let sorrow swallow you up, um, you can be the, the place where you don't have rest, where, where you like Jeremiah look around, you find no rest. But I want you to know there is rest if you look for it in the right place. You're going to have to learn to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Something else that can rob you of your rest. Uh, fourth thing is servitude. By servitude, I mean you, 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 we're not, most of us, and who knows, in this day and age still, maybe somebody could wind up listening to this that is, you know, in a slave type of a situation. But servitude can be just wearing yourself out, serving in service. Um, in Israel's case, 
Uh, they were in servitude because they were carried away captive because of their sins, and uh, they found themselves servants to their persecutors. I'm reading it from Lamentations chapter 1, verse 3. Judah has gone into captivity because of affliction and because of great servitude. She dwelleth among the heathen, she findeth no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. Carried away into captive into Babylon, again, because of the nation's sins, and now uh, being servants, uh, reminiscent of a servitude that God's people had in the time of Egypt uh, for different reasons. The Lord delivered them from that, but now they're in servitude in uh, Babylon, away from their homeland. And because of their servitude, uh, the statement was that she findeth no rest, and that servitude can rob you of your rest. Um, again, we don't find ourselves typically in a situation like that uh, today. People don't. Uh, but somebody could be in a situation where somebody's slave driving them. And, and, and beyond that, what I'm just talking about, what, are, what most are going to face, is you just get into the place where you just, you're running yourself into the ground, um, not being able to find rest because maybe you're, you're working too hard, too much, uh, or you just have too, too many things on your plate at once. Not that sometimes we choose it, sometimes we don't. It just happens, and you can just get worn out. I, and sometimes Christians work so hard that they, they can burn themselves out. I remember um, early on in my Christian life, I'd hear this a lot. A preacher would say about, you know, serving the Lord. They'd say, I'd rather burn out than rust out. And, and I understand that sentiment. And, and if given the choice, I, I would agree. But if you burn out, whether you burn out, whether you rust out, you're still out. And, and it'd be better to stay in. And I said, given the choice, if I had to choose between the two, I'd, I'd rather burn out than rest out. The idea of burn, burn yourself out, serving yourself, serving the Lord, instead of just sitting still doing nothing and just rusting to where you can't move anymore. But there doesn't always have to be a choice between burning out and resting out. Uh, sometimes we burn out just because we don't have good sense. We don't take the time to rest when we ought to. And, of course, I think the classic illustration of this in the Bible is um, Martha, uh, the sister of Mary. And I'll read you about that from uh, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore uh, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art troubled and careful about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now here's a case where uh, Martha, she was, she was working too hard. She was burning out. And many a Christian has been at this place. She was, the Bible says, cumbered about much serving. And we ought to serve the Lord. You know, but, but you gotta, you got to have a balance as well. And while Martha was serving the Lord, she was not taking time to sit at Jesus' feet and hear his word. Mary was resting in the Lord, sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha wasn't. She was cumbered about much serving, and she was about to burn out. I picture her just frustrated, uh, you know, kind of pulling her hair out, finally had enough and says, Lord! And it probably said it with some volume. Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? 
Look at what happens sometimes when people are on the verge of burning out. Uh, Martha, being on that verge, she questioned whether or not the Lord even cared for her. Lord, dost thou not care? Sure he does. Like the hymn says, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. Like the Bible says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Certainly he cared. But Martha got questioning his care when she was cumbered about much serving. Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? And uh, something else that emerges from that statement is uh, when when you're serving and you know you're about to burn out, you kind of like think you're the only one doing anything. You know, she left me to serve alone. Nobody's helping me. Bid her therefore that she help me. And and you just start getting, she's getting upset with her sister. She's getting upset with her, the Lord. She's just getting upset because she's frustrated. What's her problem? She's worn out. And it happens. Because uh, we're not in our glorified bodies yet. And so Jesus had to settle her down. Martha, Martha, thou art careful. Careful, full of care. You know what the Bible tells us about that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, don't you? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Martha didn't have that. She didn't have that rest. Why? Eh, she's, she was um, cumbered about much serving. Her servitude had robbed her of her rest. All right, uh, let me add this uh, before we... Uh, Pass on, number five, uh, Satan can rob you of your rest. And certainly he's uh, down here doing his thing. I mean, he was involved in what Job went through to get robbed of his rest. Uh, He went forth and got the Lord's permission to persecute him. Uh, He's a roaring lion who's walking about on this earth, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking to devour you and devour your rest in the Lord. And he can rob you of your rest down here on this earth. And he can have his hand in all those other things we talked about, the sorrow, the servitude. You know, if the devil, somebody said, if the devil can't get you from serving the Lord, you know, then uh, he'll get you going 100 miles an hour, driving you uh, and, until you're going so fast you can't stop. And the idea is he'll, he'll if he can't rust you out, he will burn you out. But um, uh, get, you, get you serving the Lord. And here's what's happened to a lot of people on that note. They, they're serving him. They don't stop and sit at Jesus' feet. And then they wind up faltering in sin because they're giving out, but they're not taking in. And you've got to take in if you're going to give out. But suffering, you know, sin, uh, sorrow, uh, servitude, the devil can have his hand in, in all of those things. And he can rob you of your rest. And let me say, not only can he rob you, re- rob you of your rest now, but also for eternity. Revelation 14 and 11, verse 11, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Those are people that wind up in hell. And anybody that winds up in hell, whether they went uh, to hell from the tribulation or went to hell from the church age or went to hell from the Old Testament, anybody that winds up in hell, uh, their smoke, the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. There is no rest. There is no peace to the wicked. Uh, if you want rest, then uh, you best make sure you don't go to hell. And and that brings us to the next point. I'm talking about things that can rob you of your rest. Let me tell you how you can find rest. Uh, all these things, including Satan, can rob you of your rest. Number six, but the Savior can give you rest. The Savior, Jesus Christ, can give you rest. And thank God that he can. 
This old world was wearing me out. Uh, when I was 18 years old, it was coming to a head. Uh, I, I was worn out with uh, the world. I was worn out with my sin, uh, with worn out with myself and my failures and just and, and the stuff that I saw in here. I, I knew there had to be something more. I knew there had to be help, and I needed some help, and I needed some hope. Uh, I was feeling like this life, like Solomon said, even though I didn't know uh, the passage, uh, vanity, vanity, all is vanity, saith the Lord. I mean, even if things get going good for a while, they seem to mess up. And even if you could get them going good for a while, all your life on this earth, I mean, uh, if you got that and died and went to hell, what good would that be? Uh, we need to, we need to be uh, saved for time and eternity. But I needed rest in my soul now. And, and but I really what I wanted even more than that was I wanted peace in my heart and rest in my soul that uh, I was going to have the heavenly rest forever and ever, and I found that the Lord Jesus Christ can give you rest. <clears throat> I I had a um, a Bible uh, that I, I was given when I, to me when I was I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church and was given to me when I made confirmation. It was a Roman Catholic Bible and uh, had had a lot of. Um, extra stuff in it as well with apocryphal books. But uh, in the when I opened up the cover of that, and when I was trying to find the help from the Lord, I, I uh, somewhere around 18 years old, I reached into my cedar chest where I, that thing was, pulled it out, and began to open it up and look at it. And it, inside on the cover, it had a little page, kind of like a cover page, um, not on the cover itself, but, but near it. And it was an illustration of um, Jesus, and it had a quotation from Matthew 11, verse 28. It wasn't King James, but it was pretty close. Um, and it said there, uh, Come unto me, all ye that weary labor and are weary, and I will give you rest. Now, the proper reading is, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But I saw that as an invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ to come to him. And I began to become enlightened that Jesus was the answer. And the best way I knew how, I'd, I'd start to come to him. And ultimately, I would uh, have this thing laid out for me to where I could understand it. And on April 25th, 1980, I prayed in the back of a little country church, talking with the pastor in, the, um, in a room there that they would use for Sunday school or meetings and so forth. And I uh, asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save my soul. And you know what I found? I found rest to my soul. I found rest. And Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. That's salvation. It brings, it brought peace to my heart. I, I had the assurance I was on my way to heaven. And uh, it is good to be saved. It's still good to be saved. You know, some uh, 40 plus years later, Matthew eleven twenty eight, where the Lord offers to give you rest and invites you to get it, is uh, followed up by another verse that says this, take my yoke upon you, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you, says Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So now grow, learn, read the Bible, uh, listen to preaching, go to Sunday school, go to Bible study at church and, and the mid midweek service. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You can get a rest in salvation, and then you begin to get a rest as you become sanctified and meet for the master's use to serve him. And ultimately, you get the ultimate rest up in heaven. When life on earth is finished, uh, here's um, from Revelation chapter 14. I gave you verse 11 before about the lack of rest, the no rest that those have that go to hell. But in heaven, Revelation 14, 13, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, 
Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And again, whether you go to heaven from the tribulation or you go to heaven from the church age, if you die in the Lord because Jesus is your Savior, uh, you will rest from your labors. And what a sweet rest it's going to be up in um, the up in heaven where uh, the streets are gold and uh, the Lord uh, is, is going to be there with us and we're going to be with him. And what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. There's another old uh, spiritual song says, uh, going to lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. And I ain't going to study war no more down by the riverside. And, and we will rest up in heaven. And what a day to look forward to. And you know, if you have that assurance, that can get you through a lot of hardships down here on this earth. That's what I was looking for before I got saved. I was looking for uh, hope. I figured if I could just know I was going to heaven, I could get through anything on this earth. And um, you know what? The Lord gave me that and he gave me so much more. And uh, I thank God for it. You know, from a practical level, uh, just because we are human beings and because of our human makeup, uh, even saved people, uh, sometimes we need to come apart and rest. And sometimes you have to stop the world and get off. You know what I mean? Uh, like this, stop this merry-go-round, this roller coaster, and just uh, get off and just take a break and and and, and sit still and, and and regroup and refresh and and regenerate. And um, sometimes you got to come, just got to come apart from it all, or you'll come apart. You'll start falling apart like uh, Martha did. Mark chapter six, verse beginning in verse 30, and the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Jesus, uh, he knew their situation. He knew they'd been, you know, burning the candle at both ends and they hadn't even had a chance to eat. And so he says, come apart and rest. And the Lord knew that. He knew, he knew that sometimes you got to come apart or you will come apart. Now, in the immediate situation, something happened to the disciples, which um, happens to us sometimes. <clears throat> we kind of reach that place where, you know, it's time for a rest, but then you're pressed because of circumstances to, to go a little further. And he no, long, no, long, he no sooner says, come ye apart yourselves, or come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while, when it says in uh, the next verse, Mark six thirty two, and they departed into a desert place by ship privately. So he's, he's taken them to that place where they're going to be able to rest, or so we anticipated. But verse 33 says, and the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and out went them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. So he's taking the disciples over here to this desert place to rest, but not a bunch of people gathered, and he sees them. He's got compassion, says because they were as sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. Now they hadn't even eaten themselves yet. And they were worn out and tired, and this was supposed to be their rest time, but the Lord said, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and, and give them to eat? I won't read the rest of the story, but what's about to take place is the feeding of the five thousand. The feeding of the five thousand 
took place as the disciples submitted themselves to Jesus, ministered to the people, uh, fed the bread and the fish that the Lord had blessed and multiplied. And this was a time they were supposed to be getting some rest. Well, they didn't get it right away, but the Lord knew they needed to come apart and rest. And eventually they would get their rest. And sometimes we've got to push it just a little bit further before you get that rest that we're looking for and hoping for. You know, um, the Lord understands us. He understands the human makeup. And God gave uh, the nation of Israel annual feasts. And these feasts would involve them stopping their normal routine, uh, spending some time apart, worshiping the Lord, and, and getting some rest. I mean, he, he who made us knows what we need, and he knows that we need some rest. And, and those feasts, spiritual feasts provided the body a time to rest and the people just a time to, to reset. And while we don't have those feasts that, that we keep like that in these New Testament times, one thing we can learn from that is that, you know, we need to take some breaks through the year, whether, whether it's a few days here and there or whether it's a full-fledged vacation. And let me say to you this, if it is a vacation, don't forget to go to church. You, you can take a vacation, but you're not supposed to take a vacation from the Lord. And, um, you know, just when you're out and about, it's good. To, it's a good experience for you to go and get into another church somewhere. Uh, you might like your church better after you do that. Find out maybe you are in a better situation than you thought. Not only that, if you do come to a, a church that's another good church, it's, it's encouraging that there's other good churches like yours around. And not only that, by going to a church when you're on vacation, uh, you are going to be a blessing to that pastor and the people at the church. Um, not only that, the Lord says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And that includes vacation time. And certainly if you take a vacation, don't take a vacation from your Bible reading. Keep up with the Lord. And this brings us to uh, another thing I want to uh, mention about this, this idea that God knows that we need to rest. And that's, I'll call this the Sabbath principle. You know, the Lord uh, created the heavens and the earth. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, after he did, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Chapter 2, verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. The Lord, uh, he took a day off. Amen. Um, again, we're not in Old Testament times, and we're not bound by the Old Testament uh, Sabbath uh, and the Old Testament feast days. As per Colossians 2.16, let no man judge you therefore in meat or in drink or in respect of a Sabbath day or a holy day, which uh, are a shadow of things to come, but the body is, is of Christ. So we're not bound by those things. But the Lord, he made the Sabbath to give man a day off. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, we know that they had made a, kind of a a religious ritual out of it and, and almost a God out of it. But the Lord explained to them in Mark chapter two, verse 27. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Lord made Sabbath for man. Why? So man could have a day off. Why? Cause, cause we're going to need to stop every once in a while and catch our breath. You keep pressing and pressing and pressing. You'll be burning out like Martha. Now the Sabbath, uh, so that's, a, so even though we're not bound to, by the Sabbath, it's good somewhere along the line to take a day where you just get that rest. And in so doing, 
you're going to be more productive. You know, the Lord even had uh, them give a Sabbath of sorts to the land. Uh, They were to sow it for six years, and the seventh uh, year was a Sabbath of rest for the land. And in so doing, God would bless it, and the land would become more productive. But but by continuing to to do it, it would deplete the soil of its nutrients, and you'd be producing an inferior crop. And so it is with with us. If we don't stop and replenish, uh, you know, we're going to be producing inferior fruit, if if any. So this Sabbath principle, uh, this whole thing of Sabbath, it, it it leads to another thing: the Sabbath itself. And for this, I'm going to read you from Hebrews chapter four. And there in this chapter, the Lord uh, here at the beginning, he's talking about the ones in Israel who did not enter into the promised land. And he says this, Hebrews 4.1, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Uh, because some of the other people in the Old Testament who were going to go into that rest in the promised land didn't get to go. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached unto, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. <laughs> you remember in Numbers uh, 13 and 14, they would not go into that promised land, and then uh, not when the Lord initially told them to. For which, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest that the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limiteth a certain day in, in saying in David. So, so this is long after the promised land. Now, he's pointing to another time, a certain day in David, saying uh, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts. <clears throat> For if Jesus, now, he's going to say Jesus here, and in this case, it's actually an, uh, a reference to uh, Joshua. Jesus is the New Testament name of Joshua, as it would come out. Uh, Jehovah saves. For if Jesus had given them rest, talking about the Old Testament uh, situation when he, Joshua brought him into the promised land. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Now, this rest that he's talking about here, doctrinally, is a future time to come. And it's it's based upon a Sabbath. And he uses a Sabbath uh, in reference back there in uh, verse number four about God resting the seventh day from his works. So I'm going to bring this together in a moment, but, but let's follow this along. All right? God had six days of creation. That was followed by a seventh day, a day of rest. Second Peter 3.8 says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So what we have, if you were to trace back the history of mankind from where we are to the past, you follow just, to, for example, uh, one of the monumental works on, on this is done by uh, Usher, Archbishop Usher, who laid out the history of the annals of, of the world. And he dates the creation of this earth, um, you know, just before Adam is, is put on this earth, uh, at 4004 B.C., 
And yes, this might be quite a shock to some of you who are evolutionists, but contrary to popular belief, the world and man uh, have not been around, and animals have not been around for billions and billions of years. Uh, the animals were created and man was created about 6,000 years ago. 4004 BC, roughly, we've we've come, according to the dates on our calendar now, uh, 2021, we're in 2022, so, um, you know, about that many years after Christ, so about 2,000 years after Christ, we've run the course of about 6,000 years of history. And do you know what happens after 6,000 years, after man's sin, about 6,000 years of toil and labor for mankind, there's going to be a rest of 1,000 years. We call it the millennium, from mill, a thousand, and annum years, annual years, 6,000 years. And that 6,000, in that seven, after the 6,000 years of, of uh, toil and labor, that seventh day is a day of rest. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. It's a thousand year day of rest where Satan is bound in the bottomless pit and the Lord Jesus rules and reigns on this earth for a thousand years. We won't go there today, but you can read about this at the beginning of the book of Revelation chapter 20. The entire thing is very succinctly described in a verse in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 7, which says of that time, the whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. That's a future time. You say, how do you know that's a future time? Because since the time Isaiah said that, First of all, he wasn't referring to anything in the past. But since the time Isaiah said that, the whole earth has never been at rest and quiet and breaking forth into singing. But it will after Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom. And again, what a day that will be. So praise the Lord. Uh, We can look forward to the fact that, as I said before, the Lord's got this thing in control. It might look like he's losing, but uh, he not. Uh, he's going to pull this thing out in the, with a few seconds left in the fourth quarter or in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. All right, he's going to pull it out. Uh, he wins the victory. And thanks be to God which gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let me um, say briefly just a few other things as we uh, prepare just to wind down uh, shortly. Uh, there's rest in the old paths. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. What's the old paths? It's it's the old ways, not the newfangled ways. You know, you look at just this in a practical level, um, Christianity, and they've gotten farther and farther away from, from the old book and the old faith. And as they have uh, gone into apostasy, Fewer and fewer people seem to be able to keep it together. I'm talking about professing Christians now. They just lack a rest that is available to them if they would rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And why why don't they have it? Because they refuse the old past. They refuse the old King James. They refuse um, the the old uh, doctrines. And they, they refuse the old manner and modes of worship. And they want some new stuff. And it may seem thrilling for a little while, but on a day-to-day level, it doesn't sustain them. Where are you going to find rest to your souls? He says, ask for the old paths. So, so ask the Lord for that. Lord, show me the old paths that I need to walk in. He said, ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. That's not the end of the verse, though. 
Jeremiah 6.16, he says, Ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. That's a problem. Problem is not that God doesn't want to give you rest. Problem is you don't want to take rest on his terms. And his terms are the right terms. His terms are the only terms that bring you a, a sustaining, satisfying, spiritual rest in your soul. All right, when it comes to rest, I, 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 I'll just uh, interject this. You, guess, uh, you know, God made us to where every once in a while we got to go sleep. When Jesus was trying to explain to the disciples that Lazarus had died, he said, Our fr- friend Lazarus, Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. But the Bible says that the disciples thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. I bring that out just to show you that the Bible does associate sleep with rest. Just, just We would understand that naturally, but there it is in the scriptures. They talk about taking of rest in sleep. Sleep is a way of getting physical rest. Our bodies need physical rest. Now, the Lord God, uh, who is a spirit, uh, John chapter 4, verse 24, uh, he doesn't need sleep. Psalm 121, verse 4 tells us that God doesn't slumber nor sleep. He's not going to do that. He doesn't need to. But we're not God nor do we have our new bodies yet. And we need slumber and sleep. Some people have no rest in their spirit because they're just not getting enough sleep. Now, if I was preaching this at a congregation right about here, I'd be expecting a bunch of amens. I mean, how often does the preacher uh, preach on sleep and he's telling you to do it? (laughs) Of course, not during the message. But um, Psalm 127 verse 2 tells us, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. It's like, get some rest. Get some rest. David said, Psalm 4, and verse 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. M- much like the, the day off gives you, you know, a chance to regenerate weekly so that those hours of sleep um, at night give you a chance to refresh day by day. So, so see that you get enough sleep. I, there's a balance. You don't want to overdo it, but um, you don't want to underdo it either. And I'd like to uh, give this uh, admonition to uh, husbands. Be aware of your, your wives and, and what they do. And, and don't be so foolish to think while you're at work, all they do is sit around at home watching uh, TV, soap operas. I may, if they're still putting them on TV, I imagine they are. Um, but, but but don't make the mistake of thinking that they do nothing. Now, I'll grant you, there probably are some women that don't. But, uh, boy, a lot of good Christian women um, have husbands that, you know, I think they make a mistake of thinking that all they did was, the, the wives do is just sit around all day, you know, talk on the phone, and, uh, you know, kick kick back, put their feet up, and do nothing. There is an old saying that is, is probably more true. Uh, than uh, the vision that I just painted for you that some husbands have of their wives. And that is, man may work from sun to sun, but a woman's work is never done. You stop and think about it. Um, the women that, that keep the home and try to keep it clean and do the dishes. I mean, doing the dishes is like this never-ending perspective. You no know, sooner get them all cleaned up and then, you know, you go out and get yourself a snack and, and there's more dirty dishes. There's just always something to do. Clothes to clean, floors to clean, 
uh, dusting to do. There's just a lot of stuff. And and husbands, you who have um, women that are raising uh, a little one or little ones, you know, several little ones maybe, uh, children, you want to especially be aware of this. And, and what I'm saying is see that your wives get the rest that they need because they need a break as well. Learn to recognize it. Uh, Peter tells us, the Lord through First Peter 3, 7, says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, talking about your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You know, recognize when she's getting worn out and just uh, you know, take her away for a little bit. And I'm not saying you have to take her on vacation. Take her out someplace that she likes to go to. All right, I mean, this this may be a sacrifice. You might have to go to, um, you know, some sort of department store, Kohl's or the mall, um, or if you can still find a mall where you live, and, and you might have to you might have to do a little shopping. But you know what? The time you invest in her uh, will help her and help her to regenerate. And and, and it, you know what? If if you can't do it for her, it'll be better for you. They ought to love her enough that you want to do it for her anyway. But it will, in turn, help you because she'll be in better shape. They, they need a break sometimes. Take her out to eat. Hey, buy her something with your own money. Uh, be a blessing. Let her get that rest. You, you Watch her and, and, and dwell according to knowledge. When you see that she's getting worn out and uh, getting burnt out or, or even just anticipate it before it happens and, and see that she gets the rest that she needs. All right, I'm going to say this real quick. Uh, rest in the scriptures. Rest in the scriptures. Uh, Isaiah 28, uh, verses 7 through 12, talks about uh, this. And I won't read the entirety uh, for time's sake, but I'll pick it up in verse number 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. That's what you got. You got rest in the scriptures, laying the, the verses line upon line and precept upon precept, studying your Bible, reading your Bible. He, he said, this is the rest. Uh, we talk about the milk, them that are weaned from the milk, the milk of the word of God. You know, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And that's a rest that the Lord gives you. You can bury your uh, face in the Bible day by day, sometimes studying, but, but certainly reading every day and opening it up. And it's just a, it's a refreshing time. It's a time of rest. And sometimes you need to shut off your phones and make sure everything else is shut off and just keep it quiet and jealously guard that time you're going to be with the Lord and, and get in that book. And you will find rest there. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet, says the verse, yet they would not hear. I mean, how stupid can we be? We're restless and it's driving us crazy and God offers us rest and, and we refuse it. That'd be a foolish thing to do. And as I wind up, uh, just uh, let me say the Lord can give you rest in any situation. I, I've said that effectively earlier, but uh, he can. And there have been times when I was so weary in my soul and my spirit that I cried out to the Lord in prayer just as David did in Psalm 55, verse 6, and I prayed the very same words that he prayed. And I'll tell you what, it was not vain repetition. It was a cry of my soul. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. 
And one time when I prayed that, man, I'm going to tell you what, the Lord enlightened me. And I recognized I do have wings like a dove. As I thought about this, I thought about how the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus Christ after his baptism, and he came down and descended upon him like a dove. When I got saved, the Holy Spirit entered in, my body became the temple of the Holy Ghost, and I've got the comforter inside, filling me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, all of his uh, fruit, as as long as I allow him to. And, And so... I sometimes now when that happens and I, I'm weary and I, I mount up with wings like a dove, the dove of the Holy Ghost, and I fly away and, and be at rest. And it is good. I mentioned Matthew eleven twenty eight earlier. Come unto me, Jesus said, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. That helped bring me to the Lord. Sometime after I was saved for about a year, I found myself burdened again. I found myself weary. I found myself worn out. And, and I thought of this verse. And I realized, you know what? It'll work just as good for me as a saved person as it does a lost person. And I didn't have to get saved again. But I came back afresh and anew and cast my burdens upon the Lord and renewed my relationship with Jesus. And I felt uh, the rest again. And what a blessing it was. Two more verses and I'm going to be finished. Jeremiah 50, verse number six. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. That's God's people. And they have. And today, maybe you need to remember your resting place. And, uh, and say, say to yourself, sometimes you got to preach to yourself, but say to yourself what the psalmist said in Psalm 116, verse 7. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Has God not dealt bountifully with thee? Then then don't flee from him. Don't ignore him. Don't forget your resting place. Return to that right relationship with him. Fly away and mount up with with wings like a dove and, and get off on your own and get alone with God and read that Bible till the peace of God floods your soul and you've got a rest, a rest that is sustaining you and will sustain you through any circumstance of life. Amen. It's good to be saved, and it's good to rest in the Lord. Amen. That's so true. So true. Matt? Amen. Great study. Uh, the whole time you were uh, you know, doing this uh, study, I was thinking about a, a gentleman that I've been dealing with, um, trying to help as much as I can. Um, a younger gentleman, he had gone through our teen class here and going to church and things like that. And just uh, just recently, he got a hold of me, hasn't been coming to church for at least a couple of years now, maybe just on and off here every once in a while. But And he was really struggling, you know, telling me that, um, you know, he's just having these extreme panic attacks. Um, and so anyway, we, we, we met at the church here. I uh, picked him up, brought him here. And uh, for about four days straight, just kept on picking him up and bringing him here and and, um, dealing with him through the scriptures for a couple hours each day. And he, I mean, he was bad. I mean, he was getting these extreme panic attacks where even when I was trying to talk to him about the Lord, he would pace back and forth, finding no rest. I mean, exhausted. He And he talked about it, how he's like, I just can't sleep. Uh, I'm exhausted emotionally, you know, physically. I just, I have no strength to do anything. So 
you know, as I've given him scriptures, I'm also asking him about, you know, what, what's been going on. What's, what's caused this? Cause he wasn't like this, you know, when I've seen him before and come to find out he's pretty much been in his house and that's about it for almost a whole year. And you would think, okay, here's somebody, right. That's, that's in their house. They're able to rest and relax. You would think, but, uh, unfortunately he wasn't able to rest or relax and, and, um, and come find out what had happened was he was very bitter and he was, uh, I didn't, I still haven't gotten the full story of, of what's taken place, but he was bitter against, uh, at least a couple people that have done something to him, um, that he just, he hasn't been able to forgive. And, uh, so I showed him Hebrews chapter uh, 12 and I showed him Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 Bible says looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you and thereby many be defiled and I showed him I said listen you, you, the devil as as pastor trouble rightly pointed out you know that Satan will rob you as much as he can of your rest and and get you to sin and we know that bitterness is sin when it gets to that point where where you just can't forgive and you allow that bitterness to take over uh, that that bitterness is sin. And so what was taking place in his heart was just a, a root of bitterness that for almost a whole year, that thing was coming up, not allowing him to get any physical rest, not any spiritual rest, emotional rest. And uh, so I showed him there in Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, where it says, "In grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Lest uh, let let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tender hearting, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And just as we don't deserve forgiveness, I told them, listen, even if they don't deserve it, you still got to forgive them because for your own sake and for your own uh, and, and, and be able to get rest because it says right there in verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Because when you don't get away from that uh, mal uh, with that wrath and anger and clamor and bitterness, you're grieving the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. And this gentleman saved is, I mean, I couldn't get him lost. I remember him always, you know, in teen class and everything saying he is saved and, and couldn't get him lost. So as far as I know, he's a saved, you know, child of God that has the Holy Spirit in him, but he's grieving the Holy Spirit that's in him. And so he's grieved as well because the Holy Spirit's in him not being able to give him rest. And so he was getting better and better throughout the four days, you know, that, that I was able to deal with him on and, and, and all that. And, and I, I finally took him also to Jeremiah, just like uh, Pastor Strobel did Jeremiah chapter six, uh, verse 16, which says, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. And I just told him, I said, listen, you haven't been coming to church. I, I asked him, have you been reading your Bible? And he said, no. And I said, uh, have you been praying? No. <clears throat> and you haven't been coming to church, have you? And he said, no. And I said, well, look at this. You want the easy fix. And most people want that today. They want to take a pill. I mean, you go to most doctors, not all, but you go to most doctors and they'll say, oh, you can't find rest. You can't find peace. Here's a pill. There and the the issue with that is that's not getting to the root of the issue. Amen. And uh, and come to find out, he is taking some medication now because of this. The gentleman that I'm dealing with, and I said, listen, I'm not telling you to get off the medication right away. You know, now that you're on that stuff, you got to go with your doctor. Uh, but 
I'm just, you know, I told them, I'm just telling you, you can find, you can find rest your soul. You can, you can take care of the root of the issue. And then with your doctor's uh, supervision, you can slowly get off that medication and, but you have to put in the work and, and most people don't want to do that. Right. I mean, how much money do those companies make? You know, you want to lose a hundred pounds, take these pills. You don't have to exercise a day in your life or watch what you eat. Just take these pills. You know, I mean, they make a lot of money off that stuff because everybody just wants an easy fix and you have to put in the work. You have, you have to uh, walk you have to walk in the old paths and and walk in that way and and come to church, read your Bible, as Pastor Schobel said, and and rest in the Lord in that way. And verse 17 of that chapter says, Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. There's like a preacher right there. God said sets over you know, pastors mm, over us. Uh, and people won't hearken. And unfortunately, this gentleman that I, I spent a lot of time with, he was getting some some victory realizing he needed to ask, uh, you know, and forgive them and get rid of that root of bitterness and, and consume himself. I told him, listen, you got to consume yourself with the Lord and not with all this hatred and bitterness. And cause it's consuming you, you need to consume yourself with the Lord and, and, and think on those things. And, um, you know, the problem with, with not thinking on the things of the Lord then what happens is the Lord, uh, the devil will, in the world, will start putting the wrong thoughts in your mind about hating people and allowing that bitterness to get in there. And unfortunately, uh, what's happened now is he's still not coming to church. He came for a couple days, was getting some victory. And um, there in Philippians chapter four, Pastor Strobel already quoted six and seven. Uh, but look at verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Um, and then verse nine, these things which ye have ha both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Um and verse 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. I mean, he could flourish and anybody can flourish. And if you just consume yourself with the things of God and, and um, especially this gentleman that I was talking about, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more like him, especially with, um, you know, the time we're in where a lot of people have had to been cooped up in their houses uh, not being able to get out because of, uh, you know, COVID and all that, uh, you can uh, easily allow your mind to go off track and you allow your mind to go off track and not consume yourself with the things of God. You're going to not find any rest, even though you're maybe laying down nonstop all day or chilling at the couch or something. Uh, you're not going to eventually find rest of your soul, find rest of your body, find rest of your spirit. And so we need to go back into the old paths and walk therein. Amen. And, you know, I'm at the other end of that spectrum as far as rest. You know, I retired uh, four years ago, and you would think, oh, you, you got plenty of rest. Well, you you know, doing nothing can be very tiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, you would think that's not true, but it, it can be exhausting. And then the other flip side of that is, and people have said this, I don't know how I was able to do anything when I was working because I'm yeah, exhausted that, now yeah. from, you know, from being retired. So. You have to have, even in retirement, you have to have a proper balance, uh, just as you do when you're working, you know, uh, between rest and 
and making sure that you continue to, um, you know, do the things that you need to do to feed yourself spiritually and to be where you need to be. And I know that I do the best and it's true in retirement and it's true in when I was working full time and when I have a proper balance and I'm reading my Bible, praying and, you know, witnessing, going to church, doing those things that I know are right. They count for so much. And, you know, it was Pastor Strobel went on and talked about these these things as far as, um, you know, doing the things we know to, to be right. And it's so important. You know, reading my Bible is is key, you know, to, to keeping a, a good spiritual balance. And I think sometimes we, I'll speak for myself, I think sometimes I think, you know, you see the things around you and you think those are things that are eternal, that this is the day-to-day stuff that matters. But, you know, ultimately you, you certainly need to take care of your bills and, and you know, your health and, and the, the staples of life. But these, these things aren't going to be here forever. You know, the, the spiritual things are going to be here forever. And I think of Second Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And those are the things that matter. Those are the things that, you know, reading your Bible is going to give you rest. And, and staying away from besetting sins is going to give you rest. And, and all the things that Pastor Strobel was talking about, it's exactly true. He was hitting right on the head. So, amen. It's a good study and, and appreciate it for bringing, uh, bringing it uh, along, Pastor Strobel. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, good. Lord willing, we'll be back again on the um, next podcast for episode 105. It should be Brother Steve, Pastor Steve Bear. We look forward to that as well. Amen. Uh, We want to thank everybody for joining us today here at That's in the Bible. Be sure and check out our website at thatsinthebible.com. Send us an email at that's in the Bible at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. All right, fellas, thanks again. Appreciate it. Amen. You know, Pastor Strobel wants to sing along with this song. I'm waiting for him. <laughs> Not this time. Okay. <laughs> I thought he was singing. Amen. It sounded like he was singing. Yeah. I, I, did, I never knew I sounded so good. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All right, Lord willing, we'll see you next time. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous be in the skies.
shall rise Righteous be in the skies Going where, going where no one dies Heavenward bow